0: We're glad that you're here tonight. We're thankful for the opportunity to be together. I appreciate the opportunity to preach again today. I have felt very blessed to be back, and I appreciate so much your kind words and comments today. As I said this morning, I appreciate Jared and Donald and Billy and all that they have done to help out while I have uh, been away. And I appreciate so much the elders and their encouragement and support and all the prayers that have been lifted up on my behalf. I could never express enough appreciation to each of you. Tonight I want to call attention to the 63rd 63rd Psalm. As you turn with me to Psalm 63, I want to call attention to the theme of our study tonight. We're going to be talking about developing closeness To God. It's interesting to me that David, who is identified as a man after God's own heart, was an individual who had a heart for God. In Psalm 63, he expresses his desire to be close to God. I think all of us as Christians, our goal is to grow closer to the Lord. We understand that as Christians, there is an ongoing relationship. And hopefully and prayerfully, our relationship with the Lord becomes more and more intimate. James said in the long ago, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So tonight I want us to think for a minute or two about developing closeness to God. I want to begin by, first of, all, first of all, talking about David's passion for God. In Psalm 63, 1, he said, My soul thirsts for you, my flesh longs for you. I think underscoring his passion, his desire to draw close to God. There are two things I want to share with you. First of all, I want to talk about the beginning of the day and then I want to talk about the end of the day. Let me ask this question. How do you begin each day? Is there a routine that you go through each and every day? Many of us, we hustle and bustle out of bed. We have so many things on our mind that we forget about spiritual things, don't we? Listen, if you would, to what David said in Psalm 63, verse 1, oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. Wouldn't it be great if every day we began with quiet time with the Lord? There's a great passage of scripture found in Isaiah, chapter 43, at verse 7. Isaiah in the long ago said everyone who is called by my name whom I have created for my glory. Speaking on behalf of God. God has created us to bring honor and glory to him. At least that's my perception of scripture. You remember Jesus said let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven would be wrong with rising every morning and thinking about how we might bring honor and glory to God by the way we live, by what we say. When I think about David, I see somebody who began each and every day with thoughts on God, looking upward. And so many times we get so caught up in life and with the plans and things that are going on in life that we forget about God. And so to make it a point each and every day to begin maybe with prayer and a scripture reading. And then note if you would, the end of every day. Drop down and look if you would at verse six. Again, David said, when I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you and the night watches. Now, in ancient times, the night was broken up into three parts. David, as you recall, was a shepherd boy at one time. I think here, David may have been pursued by King Saul. He might have been in flight. Whatever the case, David talks about the close of every day. And what's he doing at night? Thoughts are on God. So we begin every day by thinking about God and then as we come to the close of the day, what about reminding ourselves of the goodness and greatness of God? David said, I will meditate on you in the night watches. You remember in Psalm 1 at verse 2 when the psalmist said he meditated on the law of the Lord day and night? And then I think about in Psalm 119.97 when he said oh how I love your law it's my meditation all the day. Here is David flooding his mind with passages of scripture with the will of God the word of God. We would do well to close every day again with prayer meditation on God thoughts about his word. If you begin every day thinking about how you might bring God glory, you might close every day thanking him for the opportunity to live in his presence and to carry out his will. So we think about David's passion for God, but there's a second thing I want to call attention to, and that is his praise for God. In verse 2, I'm reminded of David's reverence for God. Listen to what he said. I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. The idea here, I think, is that of public worship. And of course, the tabernacle in the Old Testament signified to the Israelite people the presence of God, didn't it? The Israelites had the opportunity to be in the presence of God. One of the great things about worship is it affords us the opportunity to come and to reflect upon the glory of God and his majesty. In Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah had the opportunity to see the Lord sitting upon a throne. And he said his vision of God was that of one who was high and lifted up. And that's really a great picture of God. One of the seraphim, that is one of the angelic beings on that occasion, cried out and said, Holy, 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 the whole earth is full of your glory. When we come together on the first day of the week to worship God, we're bowing in the presence of a creator, the one who created us. And not just our creator, but also our redeemer. Because you see, God, before the world was ever framed, decreed in the long ago that he would save us through his son, Jesus Christ. So every first day of the week, when we come together for public worship, we can think about spiritual things. And really, in the Old Testament, if you go back and you look at the Sabbath day, the purpose of the Sabbath day created by Almighty God was to call upon ancient Israel to pause in the midst of their busy lives and to reflect upon God. God really wanted them to set aside the cares of the world and to focus on spiritual things. Today we observe the first day of the week and it affords us the same opportunity and that is to reflect upon spiritual things. And again, the hustle and bustle of the world, sometimes we forget about those spiritual things and those spiritual blessings. The Hebrew writer talked about offering unto God the sacrifice of praise, that is the fruit of our lips. And to have that opportunity every week. So David thought about his God. And I would call attention very quickly to what he said in verse 1. Oh God, you are my God. Personal God. Maybe one of the reasons we lack closeness to God or an intimate relationship with God is because we fail to see him as a personal God. There ought to be a personal relationship with the Lord. Sometimes we have facts in our head, but we fail to have love in our heart and passion in our heart. You know, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And then I think about David's reflections on God. Look at verse 3. He said, because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. I think the thrust of what David is saying is that the loving favor the gracious mercy of God meant more to him than life itself now add to that the fact that he rejoiced in God in the latter part of verse three he said my lips shall praise you look if you would at verses four and five he said thus I will bless you while I live I will lift up my hands in your name My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. For David, life was about one thing serving God, living for God. God brought him satisfaction, didn't it? Do you have satisfaction and joy? in your service to God, in your relationship to God. Does the loving favor and graciousness of almighty God does it mean more to you than life itself? Let me give you a New Testament example. You remember the apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 2 when he said, "I have been crucified with Christ." And then he goes on to say, "It's no longer I who live," Christ that liveth in me. What about Paul? I think Paul was saying for him, life was all about the Lord. In Colossians chapter three at verse four, he said, for Christ who is our life. In Philippians chapter one at verse 21, he said to live is Christ. Again, the whole idea of life revolving around God. So his reflections upon God I think brought about a joyful heart, and it ought to. There's a third thing I want to call attention to in our study, and that is his provisions in God. Look at verses 7 and 8, if you would. In verse 7, David said, Because you have been my help, therefore in the shadow of your wings I will rejoice. Back in Psalm 61, David talked about his feelings of being overwhelmed in life. When, When I read the Psalms, I think about somebody who is discouraged and despondent on many occasions. And David was the writer of many of the Psalms. And you see a guy on many occasions down in the valley. And yet in that valley, he understands that God is with him, doesn't he? And so in Psalm 61, listen to him in verse 3. He said, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Look at verse 3. For you have been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings. David had the opportunity to rest under the wings of God. Not only did David bask in the shadow of the wings of God, but God was his sustainer. In verse 8, he said, My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. When he says, My soul follows close, or hard, some translations may say, the idea is that he is sticking to God Like glue. Here's the idea of cleaving. Like wood cleaves to glue. And so what David is saying is, I'm cleaving to you, almighty God. Now I want you to think about this. Think about some of the circumstances that we face in life. Some of the adverse circumstances and difficulties and trials and tribulations that we face in life. And there are times when we are undergoing a siege of problems. David certainly faced his share of adversity adversity in life and there are times when we wonder is God there well David is saying God is here I'm basking in the shadow of his wings I'm being sustained by him but there are three attributes of God that I think suggest to us that we're not alone first of all think about the fact that God is omniscient what does that mean it means that God is all knowing The psalmist said in Psalm 139, there's not a word on my tongue, but you know it all together, O Lord. God knows everything, doesn't he? So whatever circumstance or trial or tribulation I'm facing in life, God knows about it. And then secondly, God is omnipresent, isn't he? That means he's ever-present. So that means whatever I'm facing in life, wherever that may be, Wherever I may find myself in life, guess who's right beside me? God is. Why? Because he's omnipresent. There's no way we can step outside the boundaries of his closeness. God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And then there's a third attribute. He is omnipotent which means he is all-powerful. Now, if he is omnipresent, he's ever-present, he's omniscient, he's all-knowing, and he is omnipotent, that means that he has the power to do what? To aid me, to help me, to sustain me, to get me through whatever it is I'm facing in life, to enable me to get from point A to point B. And let's say, worst-case scenario... I understand my life's coming to an end. And I'm going to go down into, as David said, the valley of the shadow of death. Do I need to fear? No, because David said, even there, you're with me. So to know that we can bask in the shadow of his wings that we can be sustained or upheld by him. And let me tell you what, you live long enough in this world, you need somebody to look to. When I think about being sustained and being encouraged, first I think about the faith that we're to have in God. That we serve a God who is omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent. And then I think about the family of God. How we have the opportunity to bind together, to lift up prayers for one another, to encourage one another, to, as Paul said, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ, to weep with those that weep and to rejoice with those that rejoice, to simply be the family of God. As we bring this study to a close, I want to ask you tonight what about your relationship to God? Do you have an intimate relationship with God? Do you trust Him? Do you really trust Him? Are you living for Him? Are you trying to grow in grace and knowledge? Are you striving, as James said, to draw close to God with the assurance that He will draw close to you? I would hope and pray that all of us understand that Christianity is a, it's a journey, it's a life's journey. And each and every day our goal ought to be to grow closer to God. David sought to grow close to God and I would hope and pray that we too take the appropriate steps to draw close to God. Would you pray with me? Our Father in heaven, we're so thankful for the privilege of being your children. We're thankful for your word. We're thankful for the opportunity that we have to Reflect upon your word to acknowledge your greatness and majesty. Help us as we live here upon this earth to draw closer to you. Help us to overcome the distractions of life and focus our hearts and minds on serving you and living for you and bringing glory to your high and holy name every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Tonight it may be the case that you're here and you're not a Christian. I want to encourage you to come to Christ to remind you that the Bible tells us that Christ died for our sins. And because he died for our sins, suggests that he wants to have a relationship with us. Jesus said on one occasion, greater love has no man than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. Do you believe Jesus is the Son of God? Would you be willing to repent of your sins, to confess his name before others, to be baptized into Christ so that every sin could be washed away? Would you become one of his children, a part of his family, to live faithfully so that one day God can own you and crown you in heaven? If you're here tonight and you're not faithful to his cause, why not come home? Why not realize that God wants you to be back in fellowship with him? The Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Won't you come as we stand and sing?